Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Fishing for Men with Mac show. Hi, people. As always, it's just wonderful to have your ears, and I hope that uh, today's podcast will be a blessing to you. Some people have responded to my podcast from last week and just said that it was quite intense. Um, but lots of people were thankful because it deals with some very important questions. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. You've got to make a plan to listen to it. The title is this, The Beheading of Samuel Pate. Um, it answers some very important questions with one of the key questions being this. If Islam is a religion of peace, why do Muslims kill and terrorize? And so I talk briefly about that horrible event that took place in Paris on the 16th of October, where a high school teacher, I think he was 43 years old, he was beheaded in front of his school in the middle of the road in public because he showed a, a picture of Muhammad. I think Muhammad was naked um, in a class that dealt with freedom of speech. Um, anyways, go check that out. There's some important stuff being said in that podcast that I think will be beneficial to you. If you want to know whether you want to listen to the rest of this podcast, this is what it's going to be about. It's about the question, which is more likely, that God started Islam or that demons did? Does it come from the darkness or does it come from the light? That's a question. And I, I just want to start off first by saying that, you know, it's very sad for me to acknowledge that a few days ago, there was another beheading that took place in France once again, the country in Europe that has the most Muslims. Once again, there was a beheading. It happened in a church in Nice. A lady was basically decapitated again. Another lady was stabbed numerous times and later she died. And one of the church laity's throat was cut. Um, and the guy who did this all kept on shouting, Allah is great, Allah is great, as he kept on killing these people. So once again, a Muslim kills. And as you heard in the previous podcasts, Muslims do this um, because they are simply following their leader. That's what their leader did. That's what Muhammad did. He decapitated people. He killed people. He ordered the death of many people. And so these guys are really just good followers of Muhammad they, and they are obedient to the Quran that says that other religions religions needs to be exterminated until only Islam is left so if you want to ask the question why do they do it well because they are simply following their text and they are following their leaders now my wife keeps on telling me you know you need to stop doing these podcasts about Islam um, and she wants me to be alive and uh, that seems to be the case you cannot say anything thing negatively about Islam. Um, um, but, you know, I think I'll just do another few podcasts on this and then we can move on to another topic um, because maybe some people are already fed up with, with, with Islam. Uh, but the reason why I think it's necessary to talk about this is not because I want to spread hatred towards uh, Islam or hatred towards the people, the, the Muslim people. Not at all. That's not the case. All people have been created in the image of God. All people are valuable and Islam probably have some amazing people, people that are even better than Christians or better than atheists, better than many people in this world. Many people, many Muslims are amazing in, in giving some of their wealth to help, help people. Um, so I'm not at all. I'm saying that uh, Muslims are bad people. I'm just saying that this is a lie. 
This is a religion that does not come from God. Um, and if you look carefully, you will see the symptoms of it. You will understand why. And I think that people deserve the truth. I think that there are many good Muslims out there that don't even know that these are the tenets of their faith. They just follow Islam because they were born in it. And they, are, they have not been educated about their own faith properly. People deserve to know the truth and to be set free from a man-made religion that was created by demons. Yes, demons, I said the word. You are right. And that is what I'll prove in this podcast. And so I'm going to show you in this podcast from the scriptures of the Muslims that Islam was started not by God, but by demons. So let's start first of all with the encounter that Muhammad had in a cave. We know that Muhammad had the angel Gabriel apparently appear to him and give him the Quran to write down over a period of 23 years. And it is shocking for me that people would believe this. It's shocking for me that people would place their whole faith on an encounter that one man had with an angel. And he's the only guy that can give um, witness to that. There are no other witnesses. There's no verification. There's nobody else that saw him meet with this angel. Okay, but they believe it. Now, let me, let me contrast that with the Christian faith. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. Okay, let's, let's just look at the witnesses, for example. Christians believe in Jesus because more than 500 people witnessed his resurrection. Okay, it's not like um, Jesus was living and then he died somewhere alone where nobody saw him die. And then a week later he came and he walked into Jerusalem and he told people, listen guys, I died last week. And, and then I rose from the dead three days later. None of you saw me die and none of you saw me raise from the dead. Who's going to believe that? Nobody's going to believe that, right? That's not what happened. Thousands of people saw Jesus die. They saw him being buried in a tomb. They saw him raised from the dead after he had risen from the grave. That is the story of the cross. There were witnesses. There were hundreds of witnesses. There were political figures that had him crucified. All right. So the testimony of Jesus is manifold. And we see that four people wrote the story of his life. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We have disciples, 11 disciples, witnessing his resurrection. Okay, so we're talking about a story that was witnessed by many people. But when you talk about what Muhammad saw in that cave, there's no other witnesses. The only person that you can trust is this guy, Muhammad. Now, I'm going to tell you some things about him. And here's something interesting that was written. All right. 600 years before Muhammad was in that cave. This was written by the Apostle Paul, who also had an encounter with Jesus. And by the way, he had an encounter with Jesus and there were witnesses with him. He wasn't the only guy. These witnesses heard the voice from heaven speak. Now, this Paul, who had this encounter with Jesus, spent his whole life proclaiming the message, the gospel of grace. Okay, to people all over the world. And he wrote a letter to the churches that we understand today as Turkey. In those days, it was called Galatia. So there were Christians all over that area. And he wrote the following to them. Listen, I'm going to read this to you and I'd like you to just listen to this. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel 
of Christ. Now listen to this. Here's the crux. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than the one you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Wow. Now just think about that. Paul is saying 600 years before Muhammad comes onto the scene. He says, if anybody else, even if it is an angel from heaven, comes and tells you a different story about the God of heaven and earth, may that angel be condemned for all of eternity. Now these people in Galatia, they were slowly but surely moving away from the gospel of grace towards a gospel of performance. And that is exactly what Islam is. Islam is saying that you cannot be saved through the cross. You need to pay for what you have done. And that's the big problem with Islam because then everybody goes to hell. It's a very sly trick of Satan to pull you into the belief that you can ever be good enough to get into the presence of God. And that's the core teaching of Islam. If you're good enough, you can make it to heaven. Christianity says, no, you'll never be good enough because God is holy. So the Christian God is much holier than the Muslim God. The Christian God says, you can never come into my presence unless somebody pays for your sin. Okay. The Muslim God says, you can get into my presence if you're good enough. So a human being can be good enough to get into the presence of God. Now, this is exactly what happened. It was even if it was a real angel that appeared to, to Muhammad, even if it was a real angel, that angel needs to be destroyed forever because it's telling a story that is not the truth. It tells a story that you can get into the presence of God through your performance. Now think about it. There are 1.8 billion people today on the planet who don't know if they will make it to heaven. They are relying on their own goodness to get there and follow rules made by demons. The, the Muslims say that Jesus was sent by God, but so was Muhammad. And Muhammad was the greatest prophet according to them. So, so, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to prove to you from the Muslim scriptures. From the Muslim scriptures. I'm going to give you some evidence that Muhammad was actually influenced by demons and not God. And this is, this is horrible. I can tell you now that most Muslims don't even know this. And it's in their writings. And I can give you, and listen, very important, I'm not going to suck this out of my thumb. I can give you every reference. I'm not going to mention every reference because uh, some of the references are like two lines long and I don't even know how to pronounce it because these Arab guys, they got some serious names, man. So, but if you want it, you just let me know. You just send me a message. I can send you the full document where, where you can actually go and find these sources Okay, so let's talk about this first encounter. Let's start there. The first encounter that Muhammad had with this angel, okay, in the cave. They, he, Muhammad didn't know the identity of this angel. Okay, so what, what happened after he had this encounter is that he, they went and sought a Christian monk. And his name was Waraka bin Naufal. I don't even know if I pronounced that right. They went to go get a, a, a Christian monk for his opinion. So the monk came. He obviously interviewed Muhammad and he, they spoke about this event that had happened. Okay. And he obviously then knowing what he knows the Bible says and knowing what he sees with Muhammad, he went and he gave his opinion in the following way. This is what he said. One of the first guys on the scene. Okay. Was this. 
I am afraid, this is what he said, I am afraid it might be someone other than Gabriel, for certain devils imitate him, and by so doing can mislead and corrupt some men. And so, this first, one of the first guys on the scene said, well, listen here man, we need to be careful to say that this was the angel Gabriel, you know, because Satan in many ways, he can actually act as an angel of light and it's not him. In 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14, Paul also wrote and he said, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Okay, so we can't totally exclude the idea that this angel was in fact a demon. Even the first witnesses thought so. Let's go further. We can talk about Ibn Ishaq, who also wrote about some of these encounters Okay, that Muhammad had with the angel. The earliest biographical work on Muhammad's life. Okay. This guy wrote that two men clothed in white came and threw Muhammad down and opened his belly. This was another occasion. Okay. And after this event, his mother, now listen to this. His mother feared that he might have been demon possessed. And other people thought that he was. Because after this encounter with his two men dressed in white and they were um, trying to open up his belly. I don't even, it's just weird stuff. Okay, people thought, okay, well, Muhammad was demon-possessed because his face was pale. Now, there are two important things here that we need to point out. First, the people around him thought that he was demon-possessed. Second, these angels threw him down to the ground. That's what the article says. That's what the writing says. Now, let's compare this with what we read in the Bible as Jesus encountered demons. In Luke 9 verse 42, there's a story recorded of a little boy that is demon-possessed. And the text says that the demon threw him to the ground. Okay? We don't find any text in the Bible where an angel of God threw anybody to the ground. Yes, we do see that people fall to the ground when they face an angel. But they're not being thrown down by the angel. They are so in awe of the angel that they are witnessing. Either they are fainting or they want to go down on their knees and worship. But the angel never forces anybody to the ground. In actual fact, we see in the story of Saul in the Bible, um, that is Saul the king of Israel, where he is tormented by an evil spirit. Now Josephus, the great Jewish historian, he comments on that encounter that Saul had with this evil spirit. And he says that Saul was disordered in his mind, that he was under vehement agitation of the spirit, and that he was often naked and pushed to the ground. The same thing as Muhammad experienced. So that's the same things that Muhammad underwent. Muhammad explained his encounter with Gabriel saying, The angel caught me and forcefully pressed me so hard that I could not bear it anymore. So this was an angel that squeezed and pressed and pushed Muhammad to the ground. Another account says that Gabriel was violent towards Muhammad. Well, an angel of God being violent towards a human being that is apparently his special messenger. It's interesting to note that Muhammad was so scared after his encounter with Gabriel that he wanted to be covered and shielded from him. That's how scared he was at facing this angel. Yet every time, this is important guys, every time in the Bible when someone is approached by an angel, the first words of the angel is this. Now just let's listen to this. Don't be afraid every time an angel of god has got a message for somebody on earth whether it's a prophet or a king he says to him 
Don't be afraid. Why? Because the first thing that you're going to experience when you face an angel is that you're going to be afraid. And it's interesting that that is not what the angel apparently said to uh, Muhammad in the cave. He pushed him, he squeezed him, and he couldn't breathe. Some Islamic sources said that Muhammad had also lost his clothes in these encounters, similar, similar to that of Saul. Muhammad was also unstable in his mind. Okay, his own wife, Aisha, his own wife said that Muhammad was under the influence of magic at one point because he thought that he had sex with his wives when he didn't. And some sources say that he was under the influence of magic for more than a year. Guys, guys, this, these are the own sources of the Islamic faith saying that he was under the spell of magic for about a year. And we believe what this guy said. Really? Come on. We can talk about what is written in the Hadith about these um, divine utterances, utterances and experiences that Muhammad had. That he was foaming at the mouth. In Mark chapter 9 verse 20, we read about how a demon convulsed a little boy and he fell on the ground and he rolled around foaming at his mouth. It's very interesting that the Hadith, the trusted traditional scriptures of the Muslims, the, the Hadith in various cases points out that the same thing happened to Muhammad. He used to faint when revelation came to him, act like a drunkard. He foamed at his mouth and he closed his eyes and at times he snorted like a young camel. Some have said that when you listened close to his face while he had these visions, it sounded like the buzzing of bees. He would sweat profusely, turn red and breathe heavily. Ladies and gentlemen, if you read the New Testament scriptures and the people that Jesus encountered who were demon-possessed, this seems more like demon possession than divine um, revelation. Let's talk further about this demon possession. The early Arabs of Muhammad's days believed that poets are demon possessed. But the best poets of the day were believed to be influenced by demons. That's why they could say these uh, wonderful poems. And that is why many people around Muhammad thought that he was demon possessed. The Quran itself points this out. And here is the scary part. Muhammad himself believed that he was under the influence of demons like these poets. He believed it so deeply that he wanted to commit suicide. And I'm not just saying these are not my opinions. These are the scriptures of the Muslims. He himself said, I am either a poet or a madman. Do you know what that means? This is Muhammad's own words. I am either a, a, a poet or a madman. In other words, I'm either insane or I'm demon possessed. It is important to point out that the prophets to whom God appeared through angels were never confused whether it was an angel or demon that they were speaking to. There was never uncertainty. But Muhammad seems not to be sure. So Muhammad doesn't fall into the category of an apostle or a prophet according to the biblical text. You can't compare the Quran with the Bible. You can't con compare the type of prophet of, of, uh, uh, of, of Islam with the prophets in the Bible. It's not the same thing. And the Islamists, they say that, well, Muhammad was a prophet like the prophets in the Bible, but he was totally different than any of the prophets in the Bible. Okay? And the prophets in the Bible were never uncertain about where their visions came from. Okay? We see in Matthew chapter 8 verse 28 that demon, the demons possessed people or the demons that possessed people were extremely violent. Not like God would require of people. So Jesus and Muhammad would never sit around the same campfire. Never, ever, ever. Muhammad ordered the murder of people who spoke negatively about him. The lives of people who spoke negatively about him, he considered worthless. 
Muhammad let people be tortured and killed so that he could have their treasure. He would cut off the hands and feet of people and burn out their eyes and leave them in the desert so that they could die a slow death. He ordered the death of anyone who left Islam. These acts, ladies and gentlemen, are violent and they fall in line with demons' possession, not God guidance. 100%. I cannot see it's anything else. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, these are not my own words. These are the words of the books of Islam. Now, I really don't want to make judgments about Muhammad. I mean, I've never met him. I can only go with the facts and I can forge my opinion about him. And I can choose, is this the person that came from God? Is this a person that represents the holiness of God? Does this person represent the purity and the example that I want to follow as a servant of God? Can I reconcile this person, Muhammad, with the prophets in the Bible, the prophets that God has always sent throughout history? Can I reconcile this, this prophet, Muhammad, with Jesus? Or is this prophet more reconcilable with the evil demonic forces of the world? There's definitely biblical evidence that what we see in Muhammad's life does not come from God at all. We can't associate Islam with what is in the Bible. Not at all. It's not the same thing. So here are the facts. I want to just repeat them for you. Paul said, even if an angel tells you a different gospel, may that angel be destroyed. That is 600 years before Muhammad was born. Isn't it coincidence? Isn't that maybe a prophecy that came through the Holy Spirit, through the pen of Paul, to warn future generations that even if somebody one day walks down a mountain and says, I encountered an angel and the angel told me, this is how you need to worship the God of heaven, that we would know that is not of God. The angel that met Gabriel or the angel that met Muhammad was aggressive and violent and didn't give Muhammad comfort, but fear. Therefore, it's not from God. Muhammad himself didn't know if the being came from God or not. He himself was confused about it. Muhammad thought himself to be demon-possessed and he wanted to commit suicide because of it. Muhammad himself, though he was either thought that he was either demon-possessed or a madman. In other words, he had a psychological deficiency or he was demon-possessed. Many people, including those who knew the Bible, believed the being was rather Satan than Gabriel. Muhammad displayed demon possession or epilepsy similar to the people that Jesus encountered. And, when, and even, what, even what Saul in the Old Testament encountered, um, being tortured by an evil spirit, is more in line with what Muhammad displayed than what a godly, Holy Spirit-driven person would display. These are facts. These are recorded in the Quran and respected Muslim scriptures. Please, I can send you the references if you don't believe me. The question still is, why are so many people following this false religion? And that's a question that I will deal with next week. Guys, may God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Cheers.